Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's your host, Debbie Sardone. This is episode 15 of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where we talk about cleaning up in life and business. We have a great show planned for you today and a smart guest that knows how to unclutter your life. Literally, I can't wait to have her on. Rihanna Wallace of Blissfully Organized will be here in the next segment. But first, do you ever get excited when you realize you have no appointments on your calendar for tomorrow? Every now and then, I'll get ready to go to bed and I'll look at my calendar for the next day. Well, actually, I look at my calendar for the next day every day. But every now and day, when I every now and then, when I look at my calendar, I will realize, oh my goodness, tomorrow I have no phone consultations. I have no uh, conference calls. I don't have a single committee meeting on my calendar. I don't have a networking event. I don't have a speaking gig. I don't have a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment. Oh my word, I have the whole day all to myself. It's kind of rare. And, and when it's unplanned, I mean, we all plan those days where we book ourselves off on the calendar, but we actually have a full day lined up of something else. But every now and then, it surprises me that I actually have none of these things on my calendar. And tomorrow is a full day where I can devote my time entirely to catching up, working on a new project, meeting a pressing deadline that's coming up. And it's really exciting. And so sometimes, whether I block off a day to have that full day of time and attention, or it just happens by accident, like I just described, it's, it's really exciting when it happens and you realize, oh my goodness, I have the whole day to, to work on these projects and these deadlines. Free days aren't necessarily free, obviously, because we do have to uh, maybe set aside other things that we could be doing when we have this so-called free day, but they can be highly focused and highly productive. But I can't tell you how many times that I've started a free day with an ambitious list, and then at the end of the day, I was frustrated and disappointed that somehow unintentionally I squandered those eight hours of what I considered at the start of my morning a free day. And sometimes I've scratched my head thinking, how on earth did that happen? I had the whole day. And I had this aggressive list ahead of me of things I was going to do. I was going to start that article and finish it. I was going to write that marketing piece or create that video that I've been intending to do or, or, or develop that workshop. And this free day evaporated how did eight hours get squandered? It actually happens to people all the time. Here's kind of the start of it when we have this free day to focus our time and energies on some very important projects. First of all, other people's emergencies and requests end up getting in the way. And so this day that we thought we had all to ourselves to build our business or move our company forward ends up being spent responding to other people's emergencies, other people's requests, 
other people's needs instead of our own. So we'll spend the day catching up on emails. I have literally spent all day responding to emails at times. And at the end of the day, I was completely unproductive for my own business. I was helping other people. I was answering their questions, solving their problems, helping them move forward with their deadlines. And then I'm left with basically a completely unproductive day. Another way I've realized my day got squandered unintentionally was getting sidetracked with Facebook, Facebook posting, Facebook reading. It, it, sometimes it's a part of our business, but oftentimes it evolves into just personal wasted time. We end up being highly unfocused and working on low priority projects that won't move our business forward. And we realize at the end of an eight hour day that we thought was a free day, we haven't done a single thing to improve our business. Successful entrepreneurs maximize their time to make each day as productive as possible. Now, I don't always succeed, trust me, at this endeavor. And I believe with all of the electronic distractions that we have today, being organized and productive is more challenging than it's ever been before. And it's so counterintuitive because you think with all these devices, all of these alerts, all of these electronic calendars and, and plugins and apps that somehow we would be more productive. And I think we think we're going to be more productive, but oftentimes those devices end up sabotaging our day. And especially if you're like me, you have a little bit of ADD, attention deficit disorder. (laughs) Oh boy, these technologies can make it very difficult to be productive and stay focused. So to maximize our potential success, we must learn to make the most of every minute. The hours in a day are limited. I can start my day with a clean slate and then discover it's noon and I haven't accomplished a thing. And every one of us that are entrepreneurs have been there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Every minute not utilized efficiently is wasted while our competitors are strategizing and growing and getting bigger and stronger. So I wrote down, uh, I think, nearly 10 tips to make each day more productive. And of course, the very first thing I had to write down because I know this for myself, and when I lose track of this, my day falls apart. Number one, plan your day, period. If you don't plan your day, it will be spent fulfilling somebody else's plan. I know this firsthand. I am as guilty as the next person of starting a day not with a plan and ending up wondering what the heck did I do all day long. And if I take an inventory of what I did is I moved everybody else forward and not myself and not my business. If you don't plan your day, someone else will. The night before or the first thing in the morning, whatever your personality or your, your, your style is, start by creating your plan and creating that, that direction and that intention of what you will do with those eight hours or those five hours or however much time you have. Otherwise, you risk wasting the time and the energy that you you would have planned if you didn't start your day with a plan. Number two, prioritize. 
Now, I struggle with this one. This is really difficult for a lot of us. And some people think, well, prioritize. I, I get that. I need to put my business first. I need to put my, my company's needs first. We all struggle with priorities because other people's needs sometimes are urgent, but they're not necessarily important. We all have to tackle those priorities and define them as whether they're urgent and important or important and not urgent. And some things are really not important at all. And some things might be urgent, but they're somebody else's important. Doesn't mean they're not important. They're just not important to you. We have to learn as entrepreneurs to recognize urgent versus important in our day. Otherwise, all those urgent little crises will take control and our day will not be spent doing the important things. So we have to understand the difference between urgent and important. Important, but not urgent. And urgent, but not important. This really has helped me prioritize my day. And I'm able to better organize my day around my goals instead of around other people's needs, which are two different things. Especially if you're a busy entrepreneur, you've got all of that in the mix. You have other people's goals, other people's needs, other people's urgencies, some of your goals, some of your needs, some of your urgencies, but not all of them are important. And that's, that's when prioritizing comes in. When prioritizing your day, utilize the 80-20 rule. We know that rules at work in almost every aspect of our life. The 80-20 rule states... That 80% of your activities contribute less than 20% to the value of your work. When you focus on the important 20% of your daily tasks, you will get a higher return on your time. I know this for a fact because I have spent my days where 20% of my time was spent on productive tasks and 80 percent of my day was spent on unimportant, unproductive tasks. And that's when you end up frustrated, agitated, and definitely overwhelmed as an entrepreneur. So the 80-20 rule will help you prioritize your day. Now don't go away because we'll be right back after the break to talk more about organizing your workday with my guest and professional organizer, Rihanna Wallace of Blissfully Organized. So stay right there. I was up before the dawn. More of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone really is next on the Real News Communications Network. But it must be who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. We know it's not easy dealing with a loved one who drinks too much, but there's help and hope at Al-Anon Family Groups. For a meeting near you, call one 888 4 That's 1-888-425-2666. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. 
We are back, and I have Rihanna Wallace of Blissfully Organized in the studio with me today. Rihanna has been helping the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex be blissfully organized since 2011. Rihanna, I really need you at my office and at my house. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Well, I'll tell you, I, I don't know how you got into this business, but it is such a needed business, especially with people with my personality type that uh, sometimes isn't real big on the details. And you're just one of those people that every time I see you, you're definitely put together and you can you definitely appear very organized. So I don't know how you got started, but I'd love to know what on earth made you get started in this business? Uh, well, I was kind of tired of the cubicle life. My prior experience was commercial lines insurance, uh, which there was lots of paper. My desk was always organized. Um, I enjoyed organizing my friends' closets. It was kind of therapeutic and fun at the same time. Um, so I just started the research phase and actually discovered there were lots of professional organizers in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and trade organizations. Um, so I just started the research phase of Blissfully Organized, and I have a supportive husband. Um, I was actually get a phase out into full-time, uh, you know, into my business full-time. However, I was laid off, so it was a blessing in disguise, a nice severance. So I was able to focus on my business full-time, and it's been great ever since. You're one of those forced entrepreneurs. That is correct. And obviously, you're good at it. And you said there's a lot of other organizing businesses around the Metroplex. So what on earth do you do to set yourself apart from everybody else? Um, well, um, I would say one of our niches, each organizer, professional organizer has their own niche. Ours is, uh, we practice green organizing. So regardless if our clients are currently recycling or not, um, when we are actually going through the process, we do, um, like I said, practice green organizing. So we recycle what we can, keep out of the trash, donate what we can. Um, and then we also uh, teach our clients how to recycle if, if they're willing and, you know, pass that on to their family. You know, that's really great because green is very important to a lot of people these days. And it's a great way to stand out and show how your company is different. So I love that. So what are some of the challenges that you faced early on? Because I know you said you left corporate America. You weren't really planning to go full time with your business yet. And I would imagine there were some obstacles and challenges in the early days. What were some of those? Yes, they there were. Um, I would say my biggest challenge was just um, re recreating a schedule, a daily schedule for myself. Um, you know, instead of commuting each day, I had to stick to actually, if I'm not working with a client in their home, just waking up every single day, same time, uh, getting some morning reading, um, education in, and then on my computer, figuring out how can I grow my business? Where do I need a network? Who do I need to be in contact with? Uh, so just really just staying disciplined on, uh, growing my business. So actually the, the organizing expert had to plan her workday as an entrepreneur. Exactly. I love that because, you know, your skill set, no problem. You're going to come into our homes or our offices and, and really whip things into shape. But then you have to take those organizational skills to a practical level as an entrepreneur and structure your day around growth and success and prosperity and all those things. That's correct. So Rihanna, what advice can you give a brand new business startup in any field that, uh, 
maybe you learned along the way that you didn't know your first year in business? Um, I would say uh, just the legalities behind it. Uh, you know, I suggest hiring a a business lawyer or doing your own research, but just how you're going to structure your business, business structuring. I actually had to change mine over, and I didn't realize it was such a big deal, you know, changing out banks or your banking account, things like that. So it wasn't a huge ordeal, but just knowing that early on. But a great reference is actually the SBA.gov. I did refer to that a lot, a lot you know, from early on in my business. Um, but then also, just like you said earlier, you know, what's what are you? How are you going to be different than your competitor? Um, and um, you know, just staying on top of uh, whatever field or industry you're in, just learning, always learning, and constant growth. So defining your brand early on instead of trying to figure it out two or three or four years later, exactly, and then having to come up with reinventing your brand. So that's great advice. If you had to do one thing over again and maybe do it differently, what would that be in your business? Um, I guess I would say, like, I, I've honestly, I can say that I've been blessed so, you know, so up until this point. Um, only hurdle, like I said, was the legality issue. Um, just kind of making sure that's handled early on versus uh, waiting a year later. Um, also, this didn't happen to me, but it's happened to some people that I know, uh, just creating your business name, you know, making sure that you're not sharing a name with someone that's already local in your area. You know, that's a good point because a lot of businesses have a common name and you've got to do the research these days, make sure the domain is available, make sure they don't have this strong social media presence. And that's the name you hope to use. So, those are good points. Now, I know you've done a good job at this, so I'm curious what tips can you offer us on how you get the word out? How, how do people find you? Um, a lot of our clients are found just a basic search engine optimization. So our SEO presence is strong, thankfully. Um, so they do a lot of, I always ask, so how did you hear about us? And they'll say, I'd say probably about 75% of our clientele, they just do an internet search. Um, a lot of our clientele are word of mouth. Um, a friend told a friend and that friend told a friend. Uh, so a lot of referral base um, and just a lot of face FaceTime networking. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So really, it's a relationship business and people love to tell other people about how you solve their problem. Right. In their life. I love that. So is there a technology tool that you're using right now, whether it helps you ease operations or get the word out? Is there a favorite technology you're using in your business there is um my favorite app at the moment is page moto um, but basically i can schedule all of my uh, social media posts uh, for the entire week or month month if i want to um so that frees up my time that i'm not constantly that was one of my hurdles also early on was constantly having to stay on top of social media um, so now I'm able to schedule it out for the week, you know, bi-monthly, quarterly, monthly, however you wish, um, using Page Moto. So that's my favorite at the moment. Now, how would we know that Rihanna Wallace of Blissfully Organized would be organized with her social media? I love that tip, Page Moto. That is really great. So shifting gears a little bit, as an entrepreneur, we've all seen economic uh ups and downs in our business. What is your strategy for overcoming economic challenges in the micro, uh, in the marketplace, especially when people tend to be price sensitive? 
Uh, yes, and early on, it was kind of, uh, like I said, 2011, it was the early uh, housing market fell and kind of, I guess you could say, a recession. So we are definitely a specialty service. So that is something early on that I struggled with. It was a little slower. I've grown tremendously, which is great. But early on, that was a struggle. So I came up with, you know, discounts, um, uh, not only hands-on, which is a little pricier, I offer a DIY. So basically, I give you my knowledge, product recommendation, and then therefore you pay hundreds of dollars less and you do it yourself. Um, so just coming up, getting creative with discounts or different different services that you can offer to help people that may not have the money to afford you. Um, but, you know, you still want to give them knowledge and help them out. You know, I love that idea of the DIY concept because not everyone can afford to have someone else come in and organize their business or their personal life. And, you know, for some businesses, it doesn't even make sense for them to DIY it because they could be making more money doing what they do if they just hire you to come in and get their workplace organized. But for other small businesses or individuals, just going in and teaching them how to implement organizational strategies and how to organize their spaces so they can be more productive or enjoy a greater quality of life and showing them how to do it. Because honestly, that's not my strength. And I know you've come into my home and I'll tell you right now, I love my pantry. I love our food pantry, and it has got the Rihanna's touch, <laughs> the, the blissfully organized touch. I, I used to be so embarrassed because I have a very large pantry, and it's right there in the middle of my kitchen. So whenever we would have guests over or a party and I'd have to open the pantry, I'd be kind of mortified because it was stuffed with, with stuff I don't use, old spices that I never use, and uh, baking products that are outdated and too much of this and too much of that and a whole lot of wine. <laughs> and you came in and you helped me get that thing organized. And I'm really now I'm very proud to open it. And I almost feel a little snobby to open it up and show everybody how organized I am. <laughs> well, I'm glad you like it. I do. I, I absolutely love my blissfully organized pantry. And I love the idea of, of helping other people uh, learn how to organize themselves. Now, you've been listening to Debbie Sardone and guest Rihanna Wallace of Blissfully Organized on Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. Stay with us because when we come back, we'll hear more from Rihanna about organizing our life and our business. And I think we're going to get some tips from her about keeping our workspace clear and organized. Don't go away. More of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is next on the Real News Communications Network. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home. Be part of the movement that is standing up to cancer and get the new Stand Up to Cancer app for iPhone. Visit the App Store or download by texting STAND to 31826 and tell the world who you stand up for. Message and data rates may apply. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We are back and we have Rihanna Wallace 
with us today in the studio. And we've been talking about organizing your workday and your work and your life spaces. We've heard a little bit about how she started Blissfully Organized. And I'd like to talk with Rihanna just a little bit further about some practical tips on organizing our workspaces. You know, especially if you work from home like I do, Rihanna, it can be a little difficult staying organized and not allowing the work space to be just cluttered, disorganized, and then you can't find stuff and you, you lose things. And so thank, first of all, thank you so much for staying over to the next segment. You're welcome. And I'd love to have some advice from you on how on earth can we keep that desk uncluttered? Okay. Well, for example, uh, when you when you do have a home office, um, like you were saying that you do as well as myself, um, it's important to make sure that you have the the right furniture. Um, a lot of people, you know, are like, "Hey, I want my office to be organized." However, they don't really have the right the right uh, furniture storage products in place. Um, so it's you know kind of assess your area and say, "Hey, what's working? What's not working?" Um, and then the things that are not working, you know, move forward with getting it organized, but not only getting it organized, just making sure that you have the correct product or furniture in, in place um, to keep those items organized. Um, so, for example, um, a lot of my home office clients, they have a ton of paper. Um, so I suggest, number one, sometimes it's easy for some people. Sometimes it's hard because they still just love to print out paper and touch it and fill it. Um, so I suggest going paperless. Um, so if they, a lot of times they'll already have a scanner. Um, you don't have to invest in an expensive scanner. A lot of times you have the all-in-one scanner, fax, uh, printer, copy machine. Um, so it's like, hey, important documents, go ahead and scan them in and, and save them on your computer desktop file. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the going paperless thing because, and, and you see this a lot with a seasoned business owners, especially those of us who are baby boomers, and we grew up on paper. We realized in my office, I have a, a physical office away from my home, and we realized one day that we were just buying file cabinets after file cabinets after file cabinets. And one day I looked around the office and I said to my office manager, Carla, I said, Carla, we are like file cabinet hoarders. Our, our office has so many file cabinets. The file cabinets are inching us out of our space. And that's when we made the decision, like you just suggested, to scan documents that really don't need to be in a file cabinet. And then we have a, a shredding service that comes to our office about every six weeks. Just shred those documents. So scan them to a PDF. We have a software program that manages our maid service. And we were able to attach customer contracts, uh, customer estimate worksheets, and so forth to the customer contact in the database. So I love that. Go paperless that is the start to uh, not being a file cabinet hoarder right and also eliminating eliminating a ton of paperwork on your desk um, and a lot of the file cabinets that I don't, I'm not sure your situation but a lot of those files can be archived and then you make room for current or active files that you need to refer to um, so just something simple like that getting a banker's box and actually archiving them or scanning it all and then shredding like you said um, but then once you've scanned and you've become paperless, it's moving forward, maybe creating documents that can be online and they can be signed. There's a lot of apps and web-based services that you can actually sign 
send to your clients and have them sign online and then you just keep the PDF and then you just save it on their client files and always back up with your hard drive um, because it would be a loss if you lost all of your documentation. So That's a good point. First, you encourage us to get organized and get rid of all that paper, but then you take it a step further and you incorporate smart business principles. If you don't back it up, you could really regret that someday. Yes, yes. So a great cloud-based service to use to store all of your documents um, without uh, wearing down all of your memory on your computer is Dropbox. Dropbox. Yes. yes, we both use that. Yes, Dropbox is great. Also, Evernote, if you're wanting to keep notes current or create client files, it's just like having a notebook or a file folder, but it's electronic and digital. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another great resource to use. And I'll tell you one resource we use in our office that has reduced paper, especially since there's a lot of back and forth with me working from home remotely, about 90 nine percent of the time is we use google drive yes and we have some uh we have a whole bunch of files in the shared folder i can pull that down from the drive edit something because there's a change in the industry and save it and put it back and everybody in the office has access to it yes google drive is a great resource as it well. is a great resource it's actually a resource that i use for my consulting clients who buy a certain level of business package I give them access to my company's Google Drive and all of the forms, the contracts, the memos, uh, everything we've created in business that's in the form of a document. I give a certain level of client access to that Google Drive. So if we update it a year from now because something's changed in the marketplace or the laws have changed, my clients who are subscribed to that, that drive get it and I'm never having to print off paper and send it to them or have it sitting on my desk to remind me to let them know it's been updated exactly so I get the idea of going paperless it makes sense now I'd love to hear a little more about assessing your office and maybe analyzing the furniture that you have what how do you make your office more functional because I know I could use some help there um, well, like I said, assessing, a lot of times what I see is people overbuy um, office supplies um, because they don't know exactly what they have. They don't know exactly what they have because it's not grouped together and it's not being stored properly. Um, so once you've created a system and a storage, I guess you could say storage supply area for your office products, um, you can do a quick inventory um, and see what you have versus going out and buying it because you're not sure. And then you have, you know, 20 reams of paper that you don't necessarily need. Um, so, you know, I say for that shelving in a closet, or if you don't have a closet, just some, uh, shelving in, in standalone bookshelves or, uh, hidden behind, you know, cabinet doors. Um, but also in your drawer, only thing that should be in your drawer on your tabletop is things that you need to access quickly. So like your pen, your stapler, um, you know, if you have some files that you need to access, uh, on a daily basis, an upright, filing storage um, to where you can and you can have cute little files out there make it pretty make it personalize your space Um, and at the end of each day just make sure that the only thing that's on your desk well it's pretty much cleared off you put things up where they belong Um, so that way you start your day at a fresh new desk with not a lot of clutter Um, and I can't even imagine that I can't even imagine ending my day with an uncluttered desk 
Tell us how you make that happen, because I like the tip you just gave that your drawer, which is right there, fingertip access, should be filled with things you use regularly. And I can tell you right now, the most accessible drawer on my desk is filled with things that I rarely use. So that's got to change. But how do you accomplish this wonderful, noble goal of ending your day with a nice, clean, clear desk? I don't know how to make that happen. Uh, so it's easy. It's um, just creating new habits. Uh, so, you know, you it's as with any bad habit, um, you just break it and you, you create new habits and then you make sure that each day you stick with that habit. Um, and your stress level, you know, you'll actually be excited to be in that area. Um, but to get a clean slate with your entire desk, just pull everything out, group it together, see what pens, markers are not working. Go ahead and eliminate those, throw them away. Um, you know, if there, if you have an overabundance of office supplies, donate some to local schools or, you know, charities that need them. That way you don't have a ton, but you have enough to get you, you know, get you by and, and what you need. And then, um, like I said, back to your habits at the end of each work day, just make sure, Hey, I've put this up. I filed that. Um, you have your to-do list for tomorrow stating, like you spoke on earlier, um, your, a clear action plan for the next day. Um, how many minutes do you want to spend on that? Um, and if you don't need distract, you know, just eliminate distractions, turn off your cell phone. Um, you know, I have a Mac, so I don't actually log into my email, so I'm not getting pinged every second. Um, so it's just a lot of self, it's self-discipline and, and create new habits. I think that's really the key right there, because once you have the tools, once you set up your office for success, you've gotten rid of furniture that's really not necessary and you have things organized Keeping it that way for most of us is the challenge. And you nailed it by saying it starts with a habit. It starts with a new habit. And, you know, I read a long, long time ago that if you do anything every single day for 30 days, you will have formed a new habit. And so it's kind of like that concept of how do you eat an elephant? And I I say this to my clients when I'm working with them. How do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. So first we get that space cleared out, we get that space uncluttered so that it is manageable and workable, and then we create a new habit. And new habits don't happen by accident. So I would say you just plan as part of your daily plan to spend the last five minutes of your day just tidying up. Because if all you have to do is tidy up today's mess instead of yesterday's, the day before, the day before, the week before, the month before, which is what my desk looks like right now, then you don't need an hour to unclutter if you just made it a habit that the last five minutes of every day was spent tidying up. It's a behavioral habit. Yes. So thank you. That's that's very helpful. And, and you've kind of inspired me to uh, go back and do a, a little bit of organizing and decluttering. And then hopefully I can plan every single day by ending my day with clearing off my desk and keeping it clutter-free. So you've been listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, and our guest today has been Rihanna Wallace of Blissfully Organized. Now don't go away because when we come back, I will finish my list of how you can organize your workday to maximize productivity. So we'll be right back. I was up before the dawn more of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone really is next on the, the Real News Communications Network. But it must be moving on. For America's wounded warriors, coming home can be a battle in itself. 
the USO provides ways for all of us to support our wounded warriors. Join us. Visit USO.org to learn how you can make a difference in their lives. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. Welcome back to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. Today, we've been talking about organizing your workday. You know, I'm one of those entrepreneurs where people just assume that I have it all together. If you know me, you know I own several businesses. One of them is Buckets and Bows Maid Service. It's a really busy uh, large maid service in Louisville, Texas. I also own Kaiso Consulting. That's my speaking and consulting business, and I actually get to speak around the country and consult with cleaning business owners from around the world. But we also own Speed Cleaning, and that's an e-commerce site where we have branded green cleaning products, and we sell cleaning tools and equipment really to business owners all around the world and consumers, homeowners, who Uh, just want high-quality cleaning products and green cleaning products for their home. And then also I own, uh, I'm sorry, I also am the founder of Cleaning for a Reason, and that's a national nonprofit where we provide free house cleaning services to women who are battling cancer. So being highly productive for me is just pure survival. For others, it may be a way to move forward in your business, but for me, if I'm not highly productive then it's really a recipe for frustration and chaos in my life. So we've been talking today about how to organize your workday. And in the first segment, we covered a couple of points. Number one, you have to plan your day because if you don't, someone else will because all of their emergencies and all of their needs will end up coming first uh, inadvertently. And then at the end of the day, you'll realize, wow, I wasn't very productive. I didn't do anything today to move my business forward. And then number two, you have to prioritize your day. Again, identifying which tasks you're spending your time on that are urgent, but not necessarily important. And identifying which tasks are important and urgent. And then which tasks are important, but maybe not so urgent. So planning your day, prioritizing your day. And now third, optimizing your commute. This is another way to organize your workday. Optimize your commute. You may deal with traffic every single day, and you might be in in a commute that, that takes you an hour to get to where you're going. If you do that one way and then on your way home another hour, that's two hours of of time every single day, 10 hours a week that you could have optimized if you just planned ahead. So optimizing your commute. I know when I travel, I always plan projects for on the plane. I can build a PowerPoint. I can rough out a speech or a workshop. Um, I can read a good book that's going to help me with another speaking opportunity or a consulting concept that I want to teach. So Whether you're traveling on a plane or obviously riding on a bus, if that's how you get to work, or 
driving every single day. You can optimize your commute. I work from home every single day, so I don't actually deal with traffic on a regular basis. But when I do drive to my office, which is literally like, you know, a 10 minute drive, oftentimes I will play audio CDs in my car, even though it's a short commute, because that's an opportunity for me to learn. We need all of us entrepreneurs need to turn off the talk radio. Uh, it doesn't move us forward in business. It Sometimes it gets inside of our head and literally frustrates us. I mean, listening to all the political arguments and all the stuff that's going on doesn't help us grow as entrepreneurs. In fact, it can cause us to be kind of irritable and moody and discouraged. So turn off the talk radio and then... Uh, Rethink whether or not you need to listen to news the whole time. I mean, sure, we might need a few minutes of news to find out what the weather's going to do today. But other than that, you can use your commute to build your your business or to help you in your training. And you can play podcasts. You can listen to audio books. I have learned so much by learning while I commute. And that is a great way to optimize that one hour a day or two hour a day uh, time where you're trapped in a car. Make the most of any commute. Personal education inspires you to stay motivated and, and to stay goal driven. These types of what I call mini trainings foster this mindset of prosperity and success. And that is a great way to use part of your day and part of your time. And then number four, some people don't think of this when they think about organizing their workday, but plan to take regular breaks. Believe it or not, your brain needs a break. You know, I know in the early days of my business, I felt like, oh, I'm so highly productive when I do this like marathon workathon, and I sit at my desk for 10 straight hours. And I remember my husband saying, did you eat lunch today? And, you know, it'd be four o'clock in the afternoon. And, and I'd say, no, I completely forgot I worked through lunch. And he would say, how do you do that? How do you work through lunch? Aren't you starving? And sometimes you can get so focused as an entrepreneur on a task or, you know, if you're writing a book or a blog or an article or you're focused on this marketing campaign that you're trying to put together that you don't take any breaks. Your brain needs a break. Your body needs a break. Uh, You need water throughout the day. You need little mini meals to fuel your brain's power. You can literally uh, reset your brain just by giving it a little bit of a break and going back to your task or your project, and you'll actually be more productive. When I work from home, it's very easy to lose track of time. And all of a sudden, I'm famished, <laughs> which is, you know, it's it's crazy because your your brain does need a break. So what I've started doing over the last couple of years is I set a timer in my kitchen to go off every hour. Otherwise, three or four hours can literally go by and I will have sat at my desk without getting up and walking around or getting water. You do get dehydrated. You you may not get dehydrated enough to not function, but that's where we get little headaches. And we think our headaches are coming from working intensely on a project 
And that's not true. Our headaches, oftentimes, when you're an entrepreneur that's very focused on projects, will come from being slightly dehydrated. So every hour, a little timer goes off in my kitchen. And I, I put it in the kitchen on purpose because that forces me to get up and turn the thing off because it will beep incessantly until I get up. And so I set a timer for every hour and I get up and I get a full bottle of water and I try to eat six planned mini meals a day. And they tell you for weight loss that this is actually very important, that you don't starve yourself and then go overeat and then starve yourself and then go overeat. That's the worst way to fuel your body. So I try to plan like six mini meals. And so every, every two hours I'm eating, every hour I'm getting up, walking around, drinking water and taking a, a bottle of water back to my desk. So my little mini meals might, might be a, a small, small bowl of raw almonds and a pickle. And then an hour later, you know, lunch. And then two hours later, some other small item like a, a an apple or a banana. But taking breaks is a vital part of being highly productive during the workday. You'll return to your desk refreshed and less irritable, less nervous, and definitely less stressed. The brain can only process so long before you need to relax the mind. So then number five, maintain a positive mental attitude. Now I work from home all day and probably 99% of the time I'm working from home. My house is quiet and my office can be lonely. Projects and deadlines can get you down. And I don't know about you, but cloudy days actually affect my moods. When it's really cloudy out and it's been cloudy out for a couple of days, it can kind of bring down the mood. So maintain this positive mental attitude and do what you need to do to raise your positive mental attitude. One of the things I do is I open my front door because my office is up near the front door of my house. And even if it's not a super sunny day, just having the front door wide open and all the windows in my office are always open, the blinds at least, are open because I need to see the outside. I need to see plants and trees moving and definitely I have to have some sunlight because it, it kind of brings down my mood. So we have a front storm door, a glass door, and it locks. So I'm able to open the front door and let some light in. And then another thing, and these are small things that people forget to do, but play music in the background, some soft music, definitely not distracting. I love praise and worship music. My son listens to classical music when he works, and that little thing, just soft music playing in the background can really help you maintain a positive uh, workplace and a positive environment. Another way that I try to organize my workday is, and, and this is a very important point, is I've had to learn to stop multitasking because the reality is there's no such thing. And I think many of us bought that line years ago that somehow there was virtue in multitasking. And it's really task switching. It's not multitasking. There's no such thing. We will spend more time on a project if we're switching back and forth, which many of us call that multitasking. We will spend more time switching back and forth if 
we are doing this bad habit called multitasking. Somewhere along the line, somebody said that that makes you a high producing entrepreneur is that you can do so many things at once. But research has shown you cannot do two things at once. All you really do is stop and start things that you're doing. And so every time you're interrupted by a cell phone that pings or an alarm that goes off, every time you're interrupted, you switch tasks. And it literally takes several seconds to several minutes to refocus. So if you're switching back and forth all day long, you can literally lose 40% of your day's productivity because you're constantly having to readjust because you're switching back and forth. So stop the bad habit of multitasking. Now you've been listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. We talk each week with successful entrepreneurs about how to clean up in business and in life. Please subscribe to our iTunes so you'll never miss a single episode. And be sure and like us on Facebook and tell us what you thought of today's broadcast. Until next time, keep cleaning up. For more information on cleaning up, visit us on Facebook and Twitter or at DebbieSardone.com. 